The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ah, yes, ladies and gentlemen, it's Monday, and that means it's time for the WWE Raw Wrestling Inc. Monday after show, and have we got a good one for you. We've got Money in the Bank qualifiers, we've got debuting tag teams, and we even have what they called the biggest main event in the history of Monday Night Raw. But before we get into all of that, let me introduce to you guys the team here. I'm Jack Farber, being joined by none other than legendary referee Jimmy Corderas and the Spar with Labar champion Justin Labar. How you guys doing, Justin? How have you been, pal? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Summertime and the living's easy. Can't get much better than that. Jimmy, how have you been? Can't complain. Can't complain about the weather and uh, can't complain about what we've been watching lately. Well, you could, of course, but hey. Yeah, we'll find a way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, this was a um, – we'll get into the show, but before the show went live, uh, I, I, I noticed Twitter was a stir about people backstage and how it was going to ruin everything, but I thought this was a fun episode of, of Raw. <clears throat> Again, we'll get back to it, but uh, I don't want to tease too much here. We got to get into some news here. Uh, Dylan, shout out. I, I – I'm still getting some things worked out. I'm living out of boxes right now, but I'm getting closer to getting closer to full strength here. Uh, hopefully I'll be, uh, hopefully we won't have any weird shadow rooms and uh, bad connections and things like that. So uh, though I could get a nicer background, you guys got nice backgrounds. I just got my, my prison cell blank background. Uh, you, have ni- you have nice lighting. You're nice and little. Yeah, exactly. I, can see, I can see the hair. That's that's the important yeah. thing is the hair. As long as the hair is there, that's all I have. Uh, let's uh, let's chat about some news today, folks. Let's chat about first. I mean, big news that was circulating. At least I thought it was big. Is the WWE SmackDown rating jumped forty one percent in the key demo for the post night uh, night of champions episode, uh, according to Show Buzz De- Daily uh, and WrestleNomics. The uh, June second episode of SmackDown. To over two and a half million viewers, which was up 19% uh, from the previous week, and 955,000 were key demo people. I mean, that was that is an insane number, best for the year. Justin, I mean, congrats to them, I guess. I mean, what a great, I mean, it's just great stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's a that's a huge, huge jump. And you know, it is the it was the first SmackDown after Night of Champions, but you know, remember Night of Champions happened on Saturday, and, and you're waiting for this fallout uh, for anything on SmackDown. You're waiting six days, so you you know that that's it, it's not like it's just an overnight you know turnaround or something like that. Like everybody watches uh, you know on Saturday, then they're tuning back in on Sunday. You know that, that that's pretty impressive. Six days, and they're holding people's attention. Um, I do think they were helped. I believe um, days all run together, but I believe last Friday they didn't have to deal with uh, NBA and NHL. Uh, competition for the playoffs. Somebody might correct me on that, but I, I feel like that's the case. But even so, that's still in any any week to week. That's a huge jump. So certainly, what's going on in SmackDown, which has the top players and the top story, is working. That there is no denying about that. SmackDown is the a number one show right now. Uh, those are serious numbers that they did both in the key demo and just overall. So uh, that is that's that's great news for WWE right now with what they're doing um once back down yeah jimmy i look at this and my first thought is a lot of times week to week we pour into the quarter hour ratings and look at all these little details and things but what i see here is 
just good storytelling, building up momentum and getting bigger and bigger payoffs as they go. Absolutely. And and the one story, as we know right now, the biggest story in all of pro wrestling is this bloodline storyline. It is connecting with people. It is making because it's about family. Everybody has family and a lot of family have, you know, issues. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're seeing here. We're seeing a family that looked like they were all together. They were all on the same page. And then they throw little curveballs here, you know, nice little twist because you thought Jay was going to be the guy to, to kind of break things up. Now Jay looks like he's coming back into the fold and then Jimmy goes off the rails and then solo kind of throws a little curveball in there. So there's little twists and turns and it's got people guessing. It's not one of those deals where you go, Oh, I see this happening next. And I see this happening next. You, it's got you guessing, but it's got you enthralled and wanting to see what happens next. Yeah. I, I've always said, I mean, at the end of the day, I tune in for the storylines. I mean, I, I get, I love the good wrestling. I love the, I love the promos and everything else. I love the characters. But at the end of the day, it's the storylines that keep me coming back. And this one, every time I feel like they've ran out of juice, they've got more juice. And so, um, you know, I look at this rating and I think we can all wring our hands about Cody losing at WrestleMania. But the ratings say otherwise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they made the right call. Um, the other thing, sorry to, to cut you off there, Jack, but the other thing you, you, you talk about, you know, should have should Cody have won at WrestleMania and that sort of things? But then, if Cody is your undisputed WWE Heavyweight Champion right now, and is he the number one a number one storyline in the company, or is the Bloodline story overtake that and people more interested in that? See, when when the time comes for him to become that champion, if it, if and when, he should be the top story. Bottom line. I agree. I, I feel I always believe that in most cases, there's exceptions to everything, but in most cases, your biggest star should be the champion mm-hmm. or he and, should be chasing the championship. And, and uh, that's they, what Roman feels like right now. Yeah. Right? Um, so, yeah, I, I'm I'm loving what they're doing. Good stuff. And clearly everyone else is because everyone's tuning in. Uh, we also got a backstage update on Andrade's return. Uh, he's been out of action since the fall of 2022. And while he is heading back to AEW shortly, according to Fightful Select, he should have already appeared. On the May 10th episode of Dynamite, uh, we saw backstage returns of Miro and Thunder Rosa going to address Tony Khan in his office, planting seeds for uh, collision to accommodate their vast supply of talent, as the article says here. Uh, Andrade was planned to show up in a similar fashion for that night, but he passed on doing it. Despite that, he attended Dynamite the the following week for some social media stuff. Uh, Justin, is there something to take away from the fact they wanted him and he, he turned it down or is this something that's pretty common? I don't know about say common. I mean, you know, normally if you, if you get told this is what we're having for, for creative for you do it. I, but I, but I think what I take away from this is I think it's a guy who knows what he wants of for the protection of his character and sees what makes sense and what doesn't. So what they so if we're understanding this report correctly, you know, we saw Miro and Thunder Rosa. We saw talent that we haven't seen in a while. You know, going into Tony Khan's office. Of course, this is all a, a teaser and leads into the fact that he announces that a new show's coming. So you know, naturally, talent is wanting to get their spot. So had on that date a couple weeks ago, had Andrade been one of those talents. Well, what does that do? You're a talent that we haven't seen in over six months on TV who shows up in a backstage pre-tape, right? So, you know, the crowd pop is only there if it's there, and that's if the audio guys are doing right and they're mixing in the live arena sound at the same time. You know, it's not in front of the live crowd, bottom line. So so you're already, you're not even getting like a, a oh my God, pop. It's a backstage, and then you walk into an office, and then what? What have we seen since then from Thunder or Miro? Nothing. And I understand it's okay, it's, it's tuned back in on, on, on June 17th, but if I'm Andrade, I see that's a terrible return. Like, if I'm Andrade, I say, if you want to be part of Collision, great. Have me as a surprise appearance, uh, you know, with my first match back or, or or have me attack somebody or whatever the creative calls for. But wh- why do you need me as another backstage guy to walk into an office? Right. So so what I take away is it's Andrade being a smart guy. You know, he's part of the Ric Flair family now. I guess at least he's getting a little bit of an education uh, of, of here's how you t- here's how you take care of yourself, kid. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's uh it's a smart move. You're right because you want that big surprise, that big moment when he comes back. And yeah, also looking at the date, I think maybe Jimmy and I'd love your thoughts on this. Maybe a smart move because I was looking at the date, May 10th. I was like, geez, that was a month ago that mm -hmm. these people had their backstage segment. Like I it's already so far in the past. I mean, a big uh pay-per-view is happening between now and then. Um, so much stuff has happened already between you know, CM Punk's been announced uh being mm -hmm. back again. That all feels like old news. So, I mean, maybe, maybe Andrade made the right call, Jimmy. Well, I, I think he did because, you know, you think about the, the mural, obviously going into the backstage. Are people like buzzing about that? You know, it's, 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 I hate to put it this way. It's a forgettable moment. It wasn't something that popped. It was where that earth shattering kaboom was not there. You know <laughs> what I mean? And for a company that likes doing surprises, it, it just, this is a right time to do one. And mm -hmm. you got someone that the, the crowd knows is familiar with. They, they want to see him, you know, and have him show up at collision, but don't, you know, plant seeds or what. let it just happen and let the crowd react organically. And that's when you're going to get your feedback and know, Hey, this is a guy that people want to see. So we need to do something with him. I've always been a big fan of his, so I hope he gets back on TV soon because, like I said, I'm a fan of his. So mm -hmm. um, always, especially like his NXT time, and I feel like he always got really great matches out of people. So yeah. um, hopefully he gets back on TV. Uh, let's get into the show. But before we do, as always, like, comment, share, subscribe, five-star review with a little comment there. Uh, always nice to see. And if you're here live, join in the chat. If you're lurking, that's cool too, but Throw a little chat in there. Say what's up. Uh, also, shout out to everyone who's already in there. Bit Milligan, Stephen Camp, Dylan Matthews, uh, John Helena. I, I haven't seen you in here before. Good to see you here. Uh, we got Tornado. Tornado, you made it. Thanks for showing up. You were uh, on Twitter saying you might not make it. Rav Pablo. I feel like I've seen you before a long time ago. Where have you been? Good to have you back. Uh, Troy Corsi, Baby Ice. A lot of folks in here. Good to see you guys. Tuck Graf. Uh, Zuganigo saying I am a lurker. Thanks for thanks for lurking, uh, and Fernando and Sergio. Thanks so much, you guys. Uh, let's chat about this show. Um, Seth Rollins comes out and he wants to finally defend the title on Monday Night Raw for the first time in years. Rollins is actually pretty nice about it until the Judgment Day comes out. Finn's really mean, but Priest is actually pretty nice about it also. Says some nice things and appreciates the opportunity. They agree to no Judgment Day uh, at ringside and still throws a little bit extra shade at Finn Balor. Uh, mm -hmm. Great great outfit with the championship was my first note, but Justin, I want to I, I ask you this. I've been thinking about this all day. We'll talk about the match later. I know you're a big Damian Priest guy. I am too. Big fan of the guy. But when I think about our perceptions of him when he was first signed to NXT, and if we're being honest, like things like age and everything else, and then being brought to the main roster and things like how is he going to fit? How is this going to work? I love to make these big overblown statements, but I want your thoughts here. Has he outperformed his expectations better than just about anyone from NXT now that when you look, when you look at where he is now? Uh, I don't know if I'd say everyone, but but damn close. Uh, he's definitely outperformed, and, and you're right. There's actually a you know you look at the trend of guys who are really over in Triple H's NXT. I just that's the best way I can designate it. Mm -hmm. Um, and there was a, a a good amount of them that didn't necessarily translate when they got to Raw or SmackDown. Now, be as it may, was it because Vince didn't understand them? Were they poorly? You know, a lot of factors. But I do think there was just something there that it was like you know, you're in front of NXT, a smaller crowd. A different kind of audience week to week you know there, there there seemed to be a, a a learning curve that happened for a lot of guys not all but a lot of them and girls when they went to raw or smackdown i agree i think priest for all the things you kind of alluded to you know he comes in obviously traveled the world you know ring of honor been everywhere but you're right uh not the youngest guy relatively speaking even though he's in phenomenal shape mm -hmm. um so yeah you don't know what is a shelf life is, is he a guy that's going to get pegged into kind of a smoke and mirror spooky kind of character and, and while the judgment day does have a little bit of a you know supernatural feel to it uh he's far more grounded you know he's, he's having matches with the, the the most streamed artists in the world so he, you know you know there's not too much smoke and mirrors he it is what you, he is he is who he is um i think he's he's outperformed yes and um i think what we started to see here tonight was the beginning steps of him walking the path of could we transition him to a babyface 
Yeah, we'll definitely get into that as we get through to the uh, end of the show. But yeah, Jimmy, I, I felt like Seth Rollins was great here. And I, I'm probably going to be gushing about him the whole night because we'll talk about it during the main event. But this really felt like Damian Priest is the guy or he's one of the guys. He's in that top echelon. And I think that this promo in the beginning was the start of that. And much to Justin's point, I mean, the, the matches he's had, the people they paired him with. I mean, he's really knocked out of the park every opportunity he's gotten. Yeah, so far so good, and 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 like you said in that opening segment in his promo, the, he exuded confidence, and it didn't feel like he was trying to portray confidence. It came off as confidence, and that's one of the things. Yes, we know about his in-ring work is very good, and and the, the guy's a talented. He's got size, he's got strength, he's got he can move. Great for a guy his size. He, he again, when you talk about ticking all the boxes. He ticks all the boxes. It's just a matter of putting him in the right storyline. As for Seth as your champion, I know they're doing a heck of a job of trying to make this seem like such a big deal. I, I hope uh, it, it, people gravitate more towards it. But at the same time, I'm just not, oh, you know, uh, I don't know. It, it, it still doesn't feel as, as it should. They, they call it the Workhorse Championship. That was the title given to the Intercontinental Championship for many, many years. You know what I mean? So, mm -hmm. mm. Well, right off the bat, not to segue to or sidebar too much, but when you have one that's called the world title, one that's the universal title, I think it already puts in perspective. Mm. Last time I checked, the world is in the universe, you know, yeah. so. Yeah. Only I mean, a part, a part of the universe. So, uh, you know, I, I think, I think if you're really looking at scale, it would go universal title, world title, intercontinental title, U.S. title. And then, um, I don't know, when they come up with the uh, California championship or something, that'll be the next level. But uh, it definitely, I feel like there's a hierarchy there now. You can just see by how big of an area they cover. Yeah. I mean, they did try hard in commentary and stuff to make it feel like a huge deal. But it felt like, yeah, this is a pretty good main event. And that's pretty much it. Uh, well, we got some other good matches in here as well. We got Becky Lynch versus Sonya Deville in a Money in the Bank qualifying match. Uh, Becky Lynch goes to work, but Trish shows up to make a distraction. Lots of outside shenanigans here, uh, but Becky Lynch overcomes the odds and now joins Zelina Vega in the Money in the Bank match. Uh, Jimmy, we've um, talked about Becky Lynch a bit, but what I loved about this is I feel like we're getting back to the Becky Lynch overcoming the odds, but kind of struggling to it and not just being, I guess, like a super Cena, but like a, just like feeling like a tough fighter. Like I think is what made her popular in the first place. Right. And, and, and she was outnumbered here. She was overcoming adversity. That's what you want to see in your baby faces. And of course nowadays, it, you know, tough baby faces are what more people seem to gravitate towards. The only thing I didn't appreciate in this match, which I thought was pretty good is the, the two ref distractions, again, I, I hate going back to the referees. I don't think they were executed well because they put the heat on the wrong person. The way they were, they, the way they were um, executed, the heat went to the referees because it made them look like they were intentionally turning their back, so mm -hmm. to speak. And the heat was going to them as opposed to the heels. Other than that, I thought it was a good match. I thought the people were reacting well to Becky. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, you know, she's back on track and qualified for Money in the Bank, which is a smart move. Yeah, Money in the Bank. Uh, she's so far the biggest star in the Money in the Bank match for the uh, women's side of things. Uh, I guess on all sides of things in a lot of ways. But uh, Justin, is she the favorite, you think? I mean, she's she seems like the logical choice of who's available. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's it's hard to it's hard to imagine Becky in this match, and she's definitely one of the favorites. Whether or not she takes it, you know, I don't know, but yeah, she she's back on track. I mean, look, in my mind, I just look at WWE's women's division, and, and obviously they're trying to do some things with with you know Zoe Stark, and they're, they're trying to do some things to elevate and 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 what have you. But for me, it's the biggest money match you have out there is. Uh, is to still go back to have a Rhea and a Becky. I mean, Becky's over like Rover, and, and Rhea's something special. So uh, I think as long as Rhea's walking around with the title belt and if Becky has a briefcase and you can milk that for a long time if you want, um, you know, that's one way to go. Now, that's a very obvious, straightforward way to go, but it might be the most profitable way mm -hmm. to go. You know, maybe they maybe they surprise us. Maybe Becky's climbing that ladder and 
some other younger uh, or newer female talent gets it all for her. We'll have to wait and see once the match has all the participants. But yeah, I mean, I, I think Becky, if she's in the match, she has to be at least considered one of the favorites. If there's no other way around that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And by the way, uh, baby, I don't worry. I'm still, I'm still team Trish. Don't, don't, don't you worry. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, that was the other thing too. Trish and Zoe came out and it, it, it just felt like, uh, yes, you don't want to see too much interference that, I, you know, like you were seen before, but at the same time, they came out, they watched, and it it felt like, yeah, so. You know? Yeah, I get, I get what you're saying. I feel like because they didn't really get involved and there was already the uh, double team. Or not even Bad teased. guys out there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't think you needed the extra. No, it, you know, there's uh, not even tease that they were going to get involved. You know, it was just like, they came out, hey, we're here, hi. Right. Um, I think that was just to remind us that they have issues, yeah. but I think that's just something that commentary could have handled. Exactly. No problem. Um, but I did think it did make me think that maybe Sonia was going to get it because I thought maybe maybe they'll get involved in cost Becky, which did add a little bit of fire to that match where if it was just Sonia and Becky, I'm like, Becky's Becky's going to win this right. one. So he doesn't stand a chance. But if there's shenanigans, right. shenanigans give Sonia the chance. Gotcha. Um, speaking of shenanigans, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens are talking about the bloodline, but Imperium interrupts them and Gunther says KO lacks discipline and Kevin Owens just wants to fight about it. So they, we get a match and it felt like they were just daring anyone, the rest of the show to try to top them with this match ends with Imperium getting involved, allowing Gunther to get the win with the deadly roll up. Uh, Justin, I love these segments because it feels like the backstage segment was their way of saying we are officially done with the bloodline. And uh, this match just was awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. And, uh, you know, KO obviously is one of the hottest baby faces on the show. And, and Imperium continues to look like stars. You know, they, they, they're, they're, uh, all of them are picking, you know, Gunther here with KO, I think Kaiser with uh, Riddle backstage. I mean, they're just picking fights with all the popular baby faces. That's just that's you know easy easy booking here. And yeah, I mean, Judgment Day still on the show, and maybe you know again as well as we keep teasing, you know how long is Judgment Day a thing? Uh, and so if that is a, if that's the case, uh, if that's coming down the line this summer, uh, Imperium's right there to step up and be the new dominant force, the new dominant heel force. So they're they're just they're just being presented really really well. Yeah, Jimmy, do you think maybe that's the plan? Because it does feel like it's going to be tricky to have Imperium and Judgment Day on the same show without one of them sort of overshadowing the other one. No, absolutely. You're you're right. And, and it does look like Imperium is that group that looks like they may overshadow Judgment Day. And as we will touch on, like you said earlier, we're going to touch on later that maybe there can be some underlying issues in Judgment Day. So we'll get to that a little later. It was a uh, man, but this was uh, just a, the whole time I was saying this is a pay per view match. I can't believe they're, I still call it a pay per view. Who cares? <laughs> but it's, um, <laughs> it's a, a PLE. Uh, but I was like, I was shocked we were getting it. And because when they first did, I was like, oh, this will end quick with shenanigans and we'll save it. But no, they kind of gave us the, uh, they gave us the show. And I wouldn't mind them running that one back because I think those two guys I... have great chemistry. And hate to be this guy again after a tremendous match like that. They had me enthralled. I was like watching like this. And then they went with the most devastating finishing maneuver in all of pro wrestling right now, not just in WWE, seems to be everywhere, is the roll-up. Yep. When it's used that often, it doesn't have the same effect. That's the only problem. If this was something that we hadn't seen for a while and they popped it out of nowhere, maybe it would have felt different. But seeing it again, it just made me go, Oh, come on. It, especially since we saw some wonderful moves and some great false finishes. It's, it's, it's the, it's the, we value both talent. We don't want to see either of them take a pin after taking the other one's finisher. And, but I agree with you, Jimmy, you got to find different ways to get out of this. Uh, I, I don't want to say stop giving us awesome matchups like this because, you know, that's, that, that's not the way to go, but, but I agree. You got to, the, the, the roll up is all far too common. Uh, yeah. You're right across across pro wrestling tv <laughs> i mean it's such an easy to me anyways it's just as if you're if the guy's if ko is distracted and then he turns around and gets hit with the finisher it's still the same thing i'm not like oh well if he got rolled up then kevin owens looks stronger i mean you know what i mean it's still mm -hmm. the i i looked the other way got hit and now i'm down mm -hmm. I, but what do i know 
Uh, but this this one was just a really, really good one. These guys, it felt like a lot of people, and we'll talk about more of these matches, it felt like a lot of guys were saying, we're going to put on a really good show tonight. Maybe it's because the boss man was in the back, as rumors were saying. But um, we got Matt Riddle backstage, and he's sick of Gunther cheating to win. And so Imperium say they're not happy about it. They start talking some smack. So Riddle puts Giovanni in an ankle lock. And Jimmy, this was... I love this segment because I feel like I've been saying we've all been saying for a while. Like, I want that serious uh, kind of like badass Matt Riddle. And mm-hmm. this felt like that. Like he he talks some trash and he just beat him up instead of just right. goofing around and being silly. It's OK to goof around and be silly, but you have to show some diversity at times. And that's what he did tonight. He showed a little bit of diversity and made people go, oh, I remember that guy from, if you happen to be watching from UFC, I remember that guy can do that. Yes, that's cool. And it elevated him. It made him feel like a badass. And that was the whole idea here. And it worked. Yeah, it looks like that Riddle will probably be the next challenger to that IC title, Justin. Um, Thoughts on Riddle here and thoughts on that, what I'm assuming will be the next matchup? Yeah, no, I, I echo what Jimmy said. You know, it's okay to be goofy and have a little bit of personality, like or a lot of personality that Riddle does. But you do need to still, you can't just be the goofball. You gotta, you gotta be able to flick a switch and and make people fear you. Um, or, you know, so yeah, I, I agree. I think this was a good. I, you know, this is definitely the Matt Riddle rehab project right now. You know, he, you know, he disappeared for a while and now he's back. And it's unfortunately, it seems like RK Bro probably never again to be. You know, so he's flying as a solo star and. Um, he's got a lot of the makings to be a babyface. He's got a good look. He's got great babyface facials and selling. People seem to generally, you know, be behind him. So he he checks a lot of boxes, but um, they, he's got to prove. He's got to prove that he can that they can give the ball to him. He can run. And I think you know if if he's heading towards an IC title feud and program, look traditionally, and Triple H is a traditional guy. Traditionally, it's you uh, you earned your keep with the IC title program. If you could hang there, you were within 12 months of, of being world title main event picture material. So uh, I, I could see that being the timeline here for, for Matt Riddle. Yep, I could see it. And for Gunther, I feel like he's probably and for knocking Gunther, right. that door right now. I mean, if he wasn't so busy breaking records as the IC champion, he'd probably uh, be already there. Yeah, I mean, I, Jack, I'd say this. I, if, if Well, I'd say this to about anybody, but it would especially match up considering what I just said with Riddle. Whenever Gunther loses his IC title, whenever that's going to be, I have to assume the next day, the focus in the booking room is all right. How do we move Gunther towards a world title mm-hmm. now? And if he and if he was to lose it to Matt Riddle, that would be a huge accomplishment for Riddle to stop that streak that Gunther's on. So that would really elevate Riddle. And and, and if he gets that title again, that's that's him proving that he can he can do its ass in a high profile situation. But yeah, whenever Gunther drops it, if I'm if you're a world title holder, you better be looking over your shoulder. A lot of people in the chat are saying that they think uh, Dragunov is going to be the one to dethrone mm-hmm. Gunther or to join Imperium. Uh, they've had some bangers in NXT. I don't know if that necessarily means that they're tied at the hip for the rest of their lives, mm-hmm. but um, I wouldn't mind seeing them have another one. But I feel like Dragunov's got some time in NXT. I think if he didn't get mm-hmm. drafted, then they've got plans for him in NXT for a little bit before. Seems that way. That's gets for sure. The, the call up. Um, but we get a video package for Caden Carter and Katana Chance, and it shows that they are who they are and their athletic background, which I love. But then they they interrupt Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey, and they say they want a shot at the titles, and hey, they get the shot tonight, so good on them. Good back and forth. We even get a near fall uh, against the champs, but eventually the champs get the win. Justin, this is a – was it the right call having these two debut against the champions? Yeah, I don't know about that. Um, it's a fine line, right? I mean, you know, you—it's a fine line if you don't want to just have Indashir or Ronda and Shane. You don't want to just have them going up against local enhancement talent. You know, you want to give them some credibility of opponent. You want to give them the opponents that you know you're going to have around TV. But at the same time, should it be the first time you see the new talent? I, I don't know. I, I still am questioning this decision. Uh, decision here. Uh, did this need to be the match for them tonight? Because you can't unsee it. Right. Right. And yeah, Jimmy, I was going to add to that. Um, I mean, it, feel, it felt like this is a division that was already kind of bottomed out with the current champs having beaten everyone in a that four-way recently. And now you've got the new team and they just beat them. Did they kind of already clear out the division? In 
it, it almost kind of now that you said it feels that way it, it, for me, you know, again, it, it's easy to armchair quarterback or armchair book after the fact, but thinking back on it, when, when, the, when the, the debuting team comes out and interrupts and starts saying, Hey, we want to challenge you to the ring, you know, why not their heels, right? Who are you again? Aren't you guys new here? You don't get mm-hmm. a title match against the champions right out of the gate. You have to prove yourself, beat someone, do something, anything. You don't get your first match against, the, you know, like go off on them and stuff like that before you have this match. Because I don't think, even though we saw some good stuff from, uh, uh, from Carter and, and Chance, it yep. didn't, it didn't elevate them. Right. It, it, and, and that's the goal here where, you know, we always talk about, uh, you can still elevate someone in a loss, uh, get them over without going over. Th- that didn't happen here tonight. Yeah, these two, I mean, they were, the, I believe they're the longest reigning tag champs in NXT history for the women's championships. Um, so they they're, they could be good champs. But yeah, to Justin, to your point, now that I've seen this, I'm like. I almost feel that it would have been, there would have been more, it would have, it would have elevated them the nxt girls it would have elevated them more if they would have talked a little because like jimmy's right why do you get a title shot on raw the first talk a little smack invite ronda and and shana to your grounds say come on down to nxt and have something in nxt and i I think then the the psychology and the dynamic is now is is changed um to where you can have a match ronda and shana can still win but i still feel like you know, you know the, the NXT girls are the home team, so they. I don't know. I, I just. I think that would have been a different, different approach. And again, as Jimmy said, we get we have the luxury of, of now sitting back here and watching them having done that. You know, two hours ago, we can we can critique how it came off, right? But I don't know. I I, I would have done it differently. It just it didn't. I don't think that match should have gone out down the way it did on Raw tonight. I do. I will say what I did love about this debut from this team was that video package and how they didn't just say, "Hey, we're from NXT. We like to party, but we also like to fight." <laughs> but they're actually showing. Hey, I played basketball. I was on Ninja Warrior. I they have athletic backgrounds. It's not just Hey, we party. Question for you. Was this the first video package we've seen of them on Raw? I, think I believe so. so, yeah. So, you go video package into the match? Yeah. You know, it, there was no build like, "Oh, we see this, maybe next week we'll get to see them." You know what I mean? It was just like, "Here's a video package. Put them in the ring." Yeah. Yeah. Um Ricky's saying they should have attacked Rhonda. Um, eh, they're good guys. They shouldn't no. be attacking folks. Um, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But uh, we get a speaking of video packages, we did get a uh, Johnny Gargano package. Uh, looks like they're kind of re-debuting him and reminding us who he was in NXT. Uh, Justin, I know Gargano's your guy. Did you like this? Do you think this is going to help him out? I did. I don't think it can hurt. You know, let, let's see. I, I think this is probably something that maybe um, maybe they should have done more of first go around when he came to Raw or SmackDown, but. Be as it may, uh, I like the attempt. I like it. it's always these th- these are always. I mean, these video packages are always good. WWE does not miss. They've never had it for for thirty five years. They don't miss on 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 production on packages. Um, yeah. for for characters and talent. So absolutely, it can't hurt him. Um, I'll be curious to see. You know, they kind of seem like they have him and the way kind of back together. So it'll just be kind of execution of once they're out there in front of the live crowd. Is it heels? Is it face? Who do they work with? You know. But yeah, I, I'm all for the video packages. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jimmy. To Justin's point, WWE's video package team is just wow. incredible. Um, yeah. I feel like they can make a video package about anybody and make it feel like they're superstars. So um, mm-hmm. I think it was a great move to yeah. try to re-debut him. Any takeaways on it? No, I think Justin covered it really well. Like, you, but like you said, these video packages are supposed to help get you enthralled and get you interested in a talent. And 
and, and Johnny, of course, uh, Gargano is, is very recognizable to the WWE universe because he has been on TV, but he's been off for a little while. And now this re-debuting, now people are starting to think because it's almost like we heard a different Johnny tonight, mm-hmm. a different kind of confidence, a different kind of cadence in his, in his, his speech. And, and, you know, uh, confidence, you know what I mean? And, and that's the big thing in his ability. So uh, looking forward to the re-debut and see who it's against and how they re-debut. I used to get a kick out of uh, early ninety, late late eighties, early nineties WWF video packages, and you guys you guys will probably remember. Well, Jimmy definitely would. I used to always love it when they would feature. You, you, they'd go on for about six weeks, six to eight weeks, and they'd always show said person in their element, whether it was an occupational gimmick or whether mm-hmm. they were just the lifestyle where they are. And it was always like, you know, Hunter Hearst Helmsley, he's on his way to the World Wrestling Federation. Razor Ramon, he's on. <laughs> it always made them sound like they're hitchhiking. They were on their way. We're checking in with them. They're on their way. <laughs> I used to always love how Vince would phrase <laughs> as we are counting down to seeing them. They're in route to the World Wrestling Federation. And he will be here next week live. <laughs> but you know what? That does make it feel like a big deal when they do. Like, they'll be here next week, debuting next week. They're on their way. I it just That's so it's, funny. I'm, I'm it's so been glad. a long and arduous road. <laughs> so a little bit of traffic, but they're totally, on their way. I yeah. totally forgot about that. Yeah, you're right. That was like everybody. Uh, maybe that's why Veer was coming for so long. He's mm-hmm. like, I'm trying to be a throwback, guys. I'm coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, oh, uh, Veer, 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 Veer walked from India until he ran into water, and then he took a rowboat. <laughs> right, he took his time, man. Uh, but we, uh, yeah. yeah, that was good. Yeah. Um, so we, we move on, and uh, we got Ricochet and Bronson Reed talking some smack, and I thought Bronson Reed made a pretty good point about beating Ricochet, but not getting a shot in Money in the Bank. Uh, Shinsuke eventually walks in and then we're going to get Ricochet versus Shinsuke. Uh, match here is basically summed up at the end when Bronson Reed shows up and just smashes both guys. Mm-hmm. Justin, I know you're a big Bronson Reed fan and you're a big fan of that big move. He does the mm-hmm. tsunami. Was it, was I the only one that noticed the crowd chanting one more time after he hit it? Uh, yeah, I saw it. the 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 crowd right there in the hard camera section. They were chanting. They were making noise. First, it was you saw actual booze. I know there's a debate. I know WWE does it. You hear piped in sound, and you don't see people moving. But there are people up actually doing this old fashioned number, reacting. Mm-hmm. It. But then there was another portion of the crowd that were chanting after they saw after they gasped and saw this move live, and they wanted to see it again. <laughs> Poor Ricochet. Um, <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, I, I keep saying it's going to take a little bit of time, but Bronson Reed—he's he's a he's a he's a he's a sight to see. He's an attraction, mm-hmm. and people, I feel like we're slow and steady. We're sticking with it. We haven't gave up. You know, look, in the past, WWE would have had Bronson Reed out there for a month. It wouldn't have been you know shot to the moon like they hoped, and so they he would have been chasing a twenty four seven title backstage. Mm-hmm. They're sticking with it. They're not forcing it. They're sticking with it. You know, and 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 I feel like tonight's crowd in Hartford, Connecticut, of all places, started to really give some response uh, to 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 Bronson Reed. So I like it. So one thing I love about this too, Jimmy, is Corey Graves' really great commentary here, where there was a little bit of a like in the corner, Ricochet and Shinsuke were there. You could tell waiting for Bronson, and it looked a little. It didn't look like they lined lined it up the way they wanted to. But Corey Graves right afterwards says, yeah, Ricochet was trying to warn Shinsuke. And that's what they were doing. I, sometimes I don't think we give him credit the way he covers up some stuff with his commentary. That's one of the things. Uh, good catch there, by the way. It, it, you know, because Corey has developed into one of the better color guys in the business. And also, like you said, when stuff happens, because stuff, uh, miscues happen in pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's inevitable. It, it doesn't matter how good someone is. Every once in a while, something like that is going to happen, especially on a live televised program. But Corey covers up everything so well. But he also threw one line out tonight about the crouching, ta- crouching tiger, hidden dragon line. Mm-hmm. You know, oh my goodness. It's, I don't want to, I don't want to butcher it by trying to uh, repeat it, but I, he's just, he's awesome. Yeah, he said something about it being like a documentary to uh, yes, 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 yeah, uh, just really great there. I thought that this this match was fun and it was 
you know, you never like to see the DQNs. You always want to see someone get a win-win, but I thought this worked out. I, I think everyone came out great. In this case, it worked because you had two guys wrestling each other and the crowd was kind of divided, not knowing who they wanted to see win and lose and cheer for because they're both technically baby faces. And then you have the big heel come out, even though they did chant one more time. It's almost like they said, thank you, because we didn't know what we wanted in this. <laughs> and again, I still love the way Bronson just drags people to that corner. Just oh. one hand. Just like, hmm. I, I don't know why. For some reason, I just I get a little giggle out of it every time because it's so effortless for him, too. Like, right. it, he has no struggle. He just grabs her hand and drags him over. Like, I'm, you, I'm hitting it from this corner, and this is how hmm. it's going to look. Uh, we get an Alpha Academy segment backstage. Uh, they're officially a team with Maxine Dupree. Uh, <laughs> and now Gable is trying to teach Maxine to stand up to Valhalla. And she has the perfect outfit for it. Uh, Justin, unfortunately, this feels like it's the end of Maximum Male Models. But we may have something. It's like recycling. You, you get rid of one thing and you get something new in return here. Uh, yeah, for those guys, <clears throat> Mansoor. And, I, mean, I mean, it's sorry. You might have... <laughs> Might have just lost your your meal ticket to TV time right now, for at least temporarily. But yeah, this is this is this is the this is the E. This is the entertainment. Mm -hmm. I just yeah. hope they don't rename them Triple B, considering uh, Chad called them Brain, Brawn, and Beauty. You know, anyway. hey, we He's stealing our gimmick. Yeah, we own the triple and then a letter after it. There's no one else in wrestling history that has oh. the triple and then a letter after it. That's just oh. us. Well, MJF has a triple B. Yeah. Well, ne never mind. Forget I said anything. Hunter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, um, so that looks fun. I, I, I'm glad that they're just. I, I think that WWE just or whoever just realized like well, this is money. Let's just quit. Mm -hmm. But let's not break them up. I feel like this is a pivot that WWE has done. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think it is. And again, I think that's where WWE is so good. It is just pivoting when it's time to pivot. And getting to the like making it work instead of saying this is our path and we're not deviating no matter what. It, 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 I agree. If, if if they say, look, we have and this is a good problem to have, our babyface workhorse category is kind of full right now. Meaning Chad Gable, we're not gonna put you in a serious spot, you know, dodging Bronson Reed or trying to go to Gunther when the if if if, if those spots right now for now until the road to SummerSlam, let's say, if those spots are filled, which they they might be because we're talking about this, then I'm fine with that pivot, Jack, because it keeps Gable on TV, but it still uses the entertainment shops that he has. Otis is over. You know, Maxine brings a great dynamic. Uh, but all that said, okay, let it run its course for the summertime. We get past SummerSlam, and some of those challengers or whatever have had their time and gone, whatever. Let's just not lose focus on what we have at Chad Gable. Let's not be afraid to have Chad Gable split and go off or not, even if he doesn't split, he can still have Otis or whatever is support system. But let's let Chad have an attempt to go after some singles hmm. uh, accomplishments and titles. Let's not just, you know. So that that I'm fine with the pivot for now. And also, I feel like uh, Masse and Mansois. Honestly, I think they'd be fine if they did did their thing without hmm. Maxine. I mean, Maxine obviously <laughs> adds something, but they were funny too. Like just mm -hmm. doing their thing. I think they'd be fine if they brought them back on TV, just yeah. doing their thing on their own. Um, yeah. We got a Miz TV and Miz says, or Cody says Brock is on vacation, but Miz has another wrestler that has to deal with family pressure of being in the business. And it's Dom Tom. Uh, Dominic says something. I couldn't hear it though. The crowd was too loud. Uh, they trade barbs before Dom sucker punches Cody and hides behind Rhea. Uh, they leave, and then Cody takes a cheap shot on the Miz. Uh, Jimmy, this is if you had told me like two years ago that I was gonna love a segment with of Miz TV with mm -hmm. Cody and Dom, I wouldn't have believed you. But this was absolutely entertaining. It was absolutely entertaining because you had a huge monster baby face because Cody's still getting that reaction everywhere he goes. Miz generates heat wherever he goes uh, from pretty much everybody even even at times at one point in the locker room but that's a long story from back back in the day uh but dom is just getting such nuclear heat right now it is unprecedented and that simple little thing i know you said he sucker punched him it was technically a slap yeah, which is yeah, yeah. even which is even more insulting 
the, yes. and, and then hiding behind Rhea after it's done, and then they bail, kind of sort of. It just everything they hit all the right notes in this one here, and it kind of throws things a little off for me because. I was expecting kind of like uh, Seth Rollins to work his way through the entire Judgment Day, and, and then I wanted to see that match with him and him and Dom because of Dom's nuclear heat. But now it looks like it's setting up something with Cody and Dom. You know, w- one's going through hard times in Cody Rhodes, mm-hmm. like his like his father, you know, and the other one claiming that he went through hard that he <laughs> served hard time. Let's put it that way. Could be very interesting in play of words. <laughs> and I'm sure the internet uh, loved the line about your prison tattoo is worse than mine. Yeah. <laughs> Very fun segment there. Uh, but Justin, are we? Do you think that Cody versus Dom is going to be a until like Money in the Bank kind of thing, or is this something they blow off next week? You think? I think you put this as a Money in the Bank match. Um, I, I think it's clear that Cody and Brock aren't done. So I think it would be weird if you try. First off, it it'd be weird to put Cody in the Money in the Bank match. A because it looks like he's still got to finish the stuff with Brock. B if you put him in the Money in the Bank match and he doesn't win that, now he's just really going over. He's really batting over here with anything involving the world title. So it's not a really good look. So I would keep him away from that. Aside from the Money in the Bank, which is a great gimmick for both the men and the women, you still need a few single matches to, as, as as premiums. And I think look in London, hot crowd of the O2. Dom's going to get nuclear heat in London. Cody's going to be over like Rover just as a grudge match for this and then throw Rhea out there in the mix. I, I think it could be, uh, you know, it, it, there's, and there's so much potential what could be done. I mean, hell, Brock could even make a surprise appearance and cost Cody that match to fuel and f- take them to the rubber match at SummerSlam, and Dom gets a win on a premium live event against a Cody Rhodes. It's all about how you execute and do it, but just in the summary version I just gave you there, there's a, there's a lot of things that can happen here that that could be a lot of good for a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, lots of good stuff. The one thing that I get why they did it, but I, I did kind of feel like at the end, like that was kind of a jerk move by Cody to hit Miz. Miz didn't actually really do anything to him. He was just, I mean, he did break out Dom, but I, mean, I don't know if that deserves getting hit with well, a cast. Well, he did throw that line early in the, in the Miz TV where he said that Cody looked dashing. Yeah, I, yeah, I the little, that. Hey, <laughs> that doesn't deserve that doesn't deserve a hit with a cast though. Come on, that thing took he's out the, Brock he, Lesnar. He's the Miz. Nobody, yeah. nobody, nobody, nobody feels <laughs> yeah. bad for him. Of course, Miz, I feel yeah. bad for you. I'm on your side on this one. That was unfair of Cody. <laughs> Although shout out, shout out to the Miz though. His cracks me up as he's singing and dancing everybody's song who comes out. Yeah. <laughs> it's just <Yeah>. ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Who wouldn't want to hit the Miz if they could? That's a fair point. That's yeah. a very fair point. And yeah, Droid J makes a good point. Dashing is a compliment. I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind. Uh, well, not a, not if that was your gimmick back in the day. But anyways, let's put it that way. Hey, uh, the, the WrestleMania that he was dashing was the WrestleMania the Miz was in the main event against Cena with The Rock. So, oh, that's right. How our fortunes have turned. Mm. Yeah. So see, maybe that's why the Miz just remembers him that way because that was like that was a big mm. day for him. You know. Right. Um, so, Miss, Miss said, "Hey, kid, you should thank me for the house." Yeah. <laughs> we uh, we got Zoe Stark versus Natalia in a Money in the Bank qualifier. Great mm-hmm. showcase for Zoe here with the help of Trish on the outside. She moves on to Money in the Bank. Uh, Justin, this is I felt like this is one we kind of figured Zoe was going through here, uh, but I think you always look good getting a win over Natalia, no matter how many times Natalia takes an L. Yeah, no matter she might take more L's than 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 W's on TV, but I mean she's still a heart, and you can't take mm-hmm. that away from her. Um, so, yeah, that's big for Zoe. And look, the fact that I did not expect Trish Stratus to be on every week, but it looks like Trish is at least for the temporary is on every week, and she's you know endorsing Zoe, and that 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 you know it, we'll have to see how it plays out. But right now it looks pretty damn good on paper. It looks pretty damn good for Zoe to have you know Trish Stratus back in twenty twenty three. Uh, in your corner as a mentor, as a heel, nonetheless. So mm-hmm. yeah, pretty pretty straightforward here. But yeah, you beat a heart. That's that that says it. That's, yeah. that 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 you can't change that. That means something. Mm-hmm. Uh, any any thoughts on this one, Jimmy? Any uh, takeaways? No, it did what it was supposed to do. And like Justin said, uh, no matter how many times Natty is put in a match and she uh, uh, does not win, she's still that got that presence about her. Where uh, defeating her means something. 
still mm-hmm. to this day. And that's what this was about. Yes, they needed a little, uh, little cheating, little, uh, little interference there to help get it done. But uh, again, it was a meaningful win for Zoe. It helped. Yeah, I think I think Zoe's gonna Zoe's gonna do all right in WWE. Mm-hmm. I think she's she's got all the tools, as they say. Yeah. Um, yeah. Someone who has a a a tool that is his voice mm-hmm. and his ability to talk. Bad transition, Rocky bumpy there, but we got we're getting through it. Paul Heyman is where we're going with this one. I didn't want to say he had all the tools; he can't wrestle, but he's got a tool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul Heyman tells us that on Friday, Jay Uso will make his choice, and he will choose his brother, Solo Sokoa. Justin, Paul Heyman's undefeated in these things. I am sold on Friday. I got to tune in. I mean, uh, yeah, there's no better hype man uh, than Paul Heyman. Yeah, I mean, this was a smart use of two minutes of TV. It's a pre, I mean, it's a pre, hell, there's a pre tape they might have shot Friday uh, with mm-hmm. Paul, wherever they were for SmackDown then. So, very wisely to insert it into Raw. Why not? I mean, why? Mm-hmm. You have the hottest thing going and, and you're doing the numbers are doing. So, why not remind people in Raw that it's happening? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, very, very just basic, good use of two minutes of TV time. Yeah. Any takeaways, Jimmy? No, again, you talk about talking people in front of their TVs, and that's what exactly what Paul Heyman did, because this is the best storyline going in in wrestling. And as I said earlier, it's keeping people guessing. And when he said, you know, you have to choose your brother, are you going to choose? And, you know, making the reference, you know, you may have been in the womb together, but, you know, this guy is and so on and so forth. You know, I can't recite it word for word, but just Paul Heyman is just a master at getting people interested in in whatever he talks about. And he did that here tonight and making people want to tune in Friday and go, Oh, let's see what happens here. Yeah. We talked about, um, I think on the Wednesday show about people who are able to sell tickets with the way they talk. And mm-hmm. I'm telling you, Paul Heyman, I think is the best to, to ever do it. No one gets me. I mean, I, he could get me interested in any matchup ever. I think just by talking mm-hmm. about it and, He's just so good at it. Well, and, and that's an element of, you know, the, the long standing rumored match that we've all fantasy booked and wondered what would ever happen. It would be the ultimate, like, you know, coup to the bloodline as, of course, Dwayne, the rock Johnson coming back and, and, and challenging the tribal chief, the head of the table. But one thing that I think besides all the marquee value, besides of the story value of it being family it, one element we don't often hear talked about in the fantasy booking is you would get to have the rock on the mic opposite of Paul Heyman selling to a WrestleMania or SummerSlam or whatever big event that would be, and you only, and you only need one or two times for them to be live in the ring. A lot of it could be pre tapes and whatever, but those one or two times when they are live standing there with live grenades to throw at each other, Exactly, Jimmy. Yeah. Yeah, this uh, just, uh, they're so good. This whole storyline has just been so good about always leaving the little dovetail at the end that says, but there's something next week you got to tune into. Every single time they, they, every time they're like, okay, they're done. They have just a little bit of like, but I got to see what happens on the next show. And then I'm done. And it's, mm. it's just incredible. It's like watching Lost or one of those other losses, an old reference now. But you know what I mean? Like Breaking Bad or, or uh, Succession where they're like, I got to figure out what happens on the next episode. Right. Um, something where we figured out pretty quick. Into Sheer versus the Hurt Business. Uh, mm. Still Hurt Business to me, guys. <laughs> uh, uh, it wasn't really a match. It was more of a slaughter. Uh, and... Indusheer gets a big win over two guys that are former champions, Jimmy. Um, I think a lot of us have a place in our heart for the Hurt Business, but uh, mm. wasn't their night tonight. No, and and I like the fact, and and, and again, I hate to uh, not to correct you, but it wasn't even a match. They just did. They just did them in, and the referee just decided not to call because I didn't hear a bell to start it unless I missed it. So it's kind of like I like the different feel here. Hey, we don't need a match against this guy. We want to show you who we're just two brutal human beings and, and beat the crap out of these guys. So a little bit different. I don't want to see it every week. Don't get me wrong. But in this case, this is the first team because we've seen them go against uh, uh, quote unquote enhancement talent for a couple of weeks, seeing them face two named guys. And they even mentioned that they were former tag champions. 
now you're going, okay, let's see how they do against these guys, but not letting it get a, get underway and taking them out. I kind of think, kind of sent a little message and it was kind of different and I was okay with it. Yeah, Justin, the good side is to Jimmy's point, it does feel like they're slowly elevating the level of competition as opposed to just another couple of unannounced guys. Uh, oh yeah, kind of to the point of what I talked about earlier with the women's tag match. Of you know, you don't always want to see enhancement talent, but at the same point, like, is it the right time to beat guys? You know, I, I mean, I Sheldon Benjamin's still one of the. He's just a gem. I mean, I, I he's just his place in the on the card is just not to be a thriving mid card guy. He's, he's just there to do what's asked of him. But this was a way by not having the match actually take place and be official. It was a way to protect Sheldon and Cedric, but also using the cachet of credibility they have to say, oh, look at the end of this year, just just whoop them before the bell even rang so like jimmy said you don't want to overuse this but uh they seem to be you know back to investing in in veer and in this case into sheer and they got they got gender out there part of the presentation so uh, if this truly is an, a group that you have plans for and are trying to put them maybe in the tag team title mix down the line here uh you know good call for the booking tonight yeah. um and then it wasn't a uh, super chat but we got a little bit of extra time here before we wrap up but we got uh praying and squatching i don't know what the, <laughs> interesting name there but uh jericho or foley could talk uh talk them in the door better than paul jack farmer um i think everyone's preference on who's best on the mic is a preference thing but i think when it comes to actually selling tickets paul it's it's different than just being good on the microphone and selling tickets like the rock is the most entertaining person on the microphone i think by entertainment standpoint but it actually selling me on a matchup i think paul Heyman is the guy if that makes sense no it does make sense for my for my dollar no it absolutely um, does um we get to the main event here uh rollins versus priest no judgment day biggest main event ever on raw justin to me i i kind of alluded to it earlier this whole match to me was about telling us that damian priest with or without help is a top level guy on raw and he didn't get the win but i think this whole show was about beating it into our heads damian priest is a world title caliber wrestler yeah just the gimmick while on uh, while on tv the gimmick is oh damian's gonna be in trouble he doesn't have he can't have backup but uh in the grand scheme of things if we as we peel the behind the curtain and the x's and o's uh, not having Judgment Day out there to help him is ultimately helping. Is ultimately uh, there to get Damien over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Seth's not dropping the title on his very first night, but uh, that doesn't mean you can't make Damien Priest look good and look very competitive. And you can't, and as an audience member, you go, "Wow, I, maybe, I can see this guy." Maybe not tonight, but I can see him down the line. And then, yeah, you know, they, 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 what they did with Finn, who comes out uh, against Damien's wishes, and. You know, they tease Damien, even, you know, kind of just dis looking disappointed of why are you out here? Um, th this all sets up that, like, I mean, here's a guy, as we talked about, he, he's Damien's done all the things that's asked of him. You know, working with Bad Bunny, both as a face and a heel, and, you know, he's got a good look. He's, he's bilingual. I mean, he, again, checks a lot of boxes, as we've said a couple times tonight, but it's very true for Damien Priest. And he's not going to win that world title tonight, but I think he's definitely, again, a guy that they're positioning to where he's somebody who, uh, should be looked at as a top face sooner than later. And, you know, perhaps Judgment Day in their mind has, has, has ran its course because if Jimmy, if Finn and Damien have a have a thing, mm -hmm. you can just kind of have Rhea and Dom can just go off on their own. And as long, I mean, I, that, that, that's a marriage you don't dis disrupt right now. In yeah. fact, we need to actually have a, a wrestling wedding of those two eventually. <laughs> Uh, yes, oh, wow, is what I think needs to happen. Yeah. Oh, 100%. <laughs> that would be incredible. The most booed <laughs> wedding in the history of anything. Yes, yes. All, of, all of Dom's like groomsmen are in the um, mm. like in prison gear, yeah. like the orange jumpsuits. He invites his father and his mother and sister, but like makes them like sit way in the back or something. <laughs> But the orange or the orange jumpsuits with black bow ties. Oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, Jimmy, is this the right time to split up the judgment day? Um, if they take their time and do it and tell the story correctly, because it looked like when we talk about planting seeds, there were small little seeds planted with with you know little looks from 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 Damien tonight, you know, giving Finn a little bit of that side eye, so to speak, and all, all that stuff. 
there's a way to do it where you don't want to rush it. You, mm -hmm. you, it's okay to let people feel it coming, but tell that story when for, for people to anticipate it. And when it does happen to go, yes, finally, I was waiting for this. And the, I think they're on their way to doing it. But like, like Justin said, you don't have to split up everybody and have them go four separate ways to the priest and Finn could go their way and let Dom and Rhea stay together and just do their thing. Because right now the heat he's getting is magic. Yeah. I mean, Cause that was my thought when they were on Ms. TV is I was thinking really Dom and Rhea don't need the judgment day. And I hate saying don't need because a lot of people don't need stuff, but it makes them cooler. You know, Cody doesn't need the pyro, but it makes it cooler. Mm -hmm. uh, but at the same time, I was thinking the whole dynamic of Dom and Rhea is Dom and Rhea. The fact that Finn is there or Priest is there isn't necessarily the important part. Right. Uh, and if you could get Do uh, Damien versus Finn out of this or something, I don't know. I think it. I think you could. I think you could split them up. Have Imperium ascend to the top of the food chain as far as groups go on Raw. Uh, right. And be fine. Of course, I like Judgment Day, so I'd be okay mm. if we stuck around too. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, to me, this was. It looks like we're getting Finn versus Rollins probably at Money in the Bank, uh, mm. and Justin, which would probably be a good idea because it's going to be across the pond. Yeah, and again, you want to have if uh, I don't know what we don't. I'm sure we'll find out soon if Roman's going to be doing something in Money in the Bank. But yeah, like I said earlier, you still need to have other premium uh, matches aside from just the two Money in the Bank ladder matches. So. Uh, yeah, let Finn give his best attempt to to Seth. Obviously, there's a lot of history there, dating back to the Universal title, which they kind of alluded to a little bit tonight. And um, you know, maybe Finn Finn tells Priest, "Are we? You know, you, you know, well, who knows what he said? Maybe he says, you know, I don't need your help out there, or maybe he does need his help.' And and you know, there's a lot of ways we can go with that. But like Jimmy said, we, this is this is a story to to tell. But let's just let let's not force it. Let's not put it on warp speed just to get to a certain deadline date. Right. Yeah. Um, well. I think that that does it for the show. That that was this one was a, a pretty quick one. I know um, a few people in the chat were mentioning Drew McIntyre showing up and, and attacking Seth after the match instead of Finn Balor. But I think Finn Balor works pretty well too. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I want Drew ba Drew McIntyre back as well. But I don't think it needs to be that mm -hmm. way. Uh, as we wrap up, uh, Justin, final thoughts. Where can we find you online? All the fun stuff. Yeah, it was what it was. It's a Raw that's built into an exciting premium live event. I think the Money in the Bank has moved into the Big Four, maybe you call it the Big Five at this point. Uh, you know, qualifying matches, I like it. Makes the match, makes the gimmick match feel that much more important when you have qualifying matches. And yeah, so a lot of a lot of things to be excited for in terms of, like I said, different you know, Riddle and Priest, different people starting to be positioned a certain way. And uh, yeah, at Justin Labar across the socials here on Monday nights, here on Wednesday nights, Friday morning on Busted Open on Sirius XM Radio. So uh, hit me up there. Yep. And Jimmy, how about you? Uh, what did you think of the show overall? And uh, where can the world find you? Over, overall, I thought it was fine. I thought we had some a, a nice variety of things. We had some good in-ring matches. We had some good uh, talking segments, a little bit of everything. And, uh, you know, obviously the, you could tighten some screws, but at the same time, not a bad start on our way to Money in the Bank. And as far as uh, where you can find me here on Monday nights with Triple J most of the time and on Wednesday nights, um, you know, covering Dynamite. Uh, and with with Justin and, and Issa usually. And, of course, on Wednesdays, Reffing It Up, the podcast with my good brother in stripes, Brian Hebner, and our host, RJ, drops. And this week, uh, our special guest will be none other than, unfortunately, Tony Chimmel. So uh, we will... Uh, oh, I can only imagine what that's going to be like. Boy, you talk about bringing back some old memories, that's for sure. And uh, you can catch me doing my Ref and Rants on all my social media platforms, uh, from Monday to Friday. And like I said, little critiques, not to tear down, but to help tighten screws in, in my opinion. And I want to thank everyone who has joined us in the chat tonight. Killer, a demon, Samantha, Tut, Graf, Letter, Jones, uh, by the way, big five, uh, WrestleMania, Royal Rumble, Survivor Series, um, uh, SummerSlam. Money in the Bank SummerSlam. And SummerSlam. Yeah. That's yeah. Leonard, it used to be referred to as the big four. You'd have Rumble Mania, SummerSlam Survivor Series, but I say I, for the longest time I thought Survivor Series became an antiquated kind of concept of mm -hmm. uh, this day and age. So I thought Money in the Bank kind of moved itself in the Big Four, 
Yeah. Or, or if, if you want to show love to the November show, then we'll say it's the big yeah. five now. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, just to be nice. Uh, but uh, yeah, Dream Realm Studios, Ricky's Aldevar, Baby Ice, and Samantha, and uh, Dylan, and Adam, and everyone else, and uh, Justine, and uh, Majestic Marie, and everyone else. Appreciate mm-hmm. you all so much for being here. You can find me at Real Jack Farmer across all social media. And I will be back for the uh, Thursday show with Raj on Wrestling Inc. So you can check me out there. Uh, also, you can see everything I'm doing on, on uh, social media. That's the best place, place to do it. Thanks so much for joining us. I thought it was a great episode of Raw. We'll see you guys tomorrow for the NXT After Show right here on Wrestling Inc. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.